This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Is there some sort of scientific formula behind smarter spending? We'll talk to an expert to get her secret formula for buying happiness. We were interested in how people could squeeze the most happiness out of their money. I think it can buy happiness if people spend it right. Then, it's a startling statistic and a grim one. The suicide rate among middle-aged whites has increased dramatically. What's behind the numbers? We'll have the story. Having connections, asking for help, being able to accept help when someone else offers it. All of those things are really powerful. Those two interviews, and much more, are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. How do you decide how to spend your money? One expert says if you think money doesn't buy happiness, then you're just not spending it right. With the intriguing story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Elizabeth Dunn. She's a behavioral scientist, associate professor of psychology at the University of British Columbia, and the co-author of a book called Happy Money, The Science of Smarter Spending. So tell us a bit about your research. You examine how people make choices in spending their money. Right. We were interested in how people could squeeze the most happiness out of their money. So in some of our research, we actually give people money and tell them how to spend it. And we look at what kinds of spending choices end up making them the happiest. So you believe money can buy happiness? I think it can buy happiness if people spend it right. And I understand that there is an income level that once you reach that, making more money won't necessarily increase your happiness. Well, it remains controversial, but there is some research suggesting that once people in the United States are making about $75,000 a year, additional income really doesn't have much of an impact at all on their day-to-day feelings of happiness. Why do you think that is? Well, I think part of the reason is that people don't necessarily spend their money right. When we get more money, we invest it in things like bigger homes, faster cars, things that don't necessarily provide us with much in the way of happiness. Now, in your book, you write about five principles that can help people get more happiness out of the money that they spend. Let's just briefly touch on some of those. The first one is you should buy experiences. Right. So the idea here is that people get more happiness from buying experiences like trips, concerts, special meals, than from buying material things like couches and flat screen TVs. So probably a vacation is a wise investment then. A vacation is a great investment. Your second principle is make it a treat. Right. You know, it seems like life would be perfect if we could just have everything we love all the time, unfettered access to all the best things in life. But actually, having our favorite things less often can enhance our ability to enjoy them. For me, I used to get myself a latte every day. At first, especially when I was a graduate student and it represented a significant portion of my income, the latte was really a treat, something that gave me a little shot of pleasure every day. But soon it just became part of my daily habit. And I found myself one day just sucking it down on my way into work and realized it was no longer a source of pleasure. I was forking over almost $5 for something that 
didn't provide any more pleasure than just a simple cup of coffee. So now what I do is I just make myself some coffee and then occasionally I treat myself to that latte and now it's something that, again, is a real source of pleasure for me. Your third recommendation on how to get more happiness from the money we spend is buying time. Before you reach for your wallet, ask yourself, how will this purchase affect the way I spend my time? And many of the things we buy don't actually have any bearing on the way we spend our time. Things like a new pair of shoes, as much as I might want them, those shoes are unlikely to have a big impact on the way I spend my time. In contrast, some of our purchases, for example, um, paying for a house cleaner can actually change the way we use our time and free us from some of the least pleasant time that we spend on a day-to-day basis. Something like commuting is also an example of that, right? Commuting is a big one. So taking a job with an hour-long commute has an effect on happiness that's equivalent to not having a job at all. Being unemployed is terrible for happiness, but having to drive a long way to your job is also a real detriment for happiness. Next on your list of advice is pay now, consume later. Pretty much everything in modern society propels us toward consuming right away and sometimes paying for it much later. We suggest people should do exactly the opposite. So for example, if you're going to take a vacation at the end of the summer, we would suggest that you should pay for it right now. Get that pain of paying out of the way, and then you get to enjoy looking forward to it all summer, and when the vacation finally rolls around, it feels free because you paid for it so long ago. So it's all about anticipation, I guess. Anticipation is a really powerful source of happiness. In, in one simple study, people actually ended up enjoying a Hershey's Kiss more when they had to wait 30 minutes to eat it compared to when they got to eat it right away. And your final key principle is invest in others. Yeah, and this is probably the one that's closest to our own hearts. My co-author and I began with this idea that, you know, maybe people might actually get more happiness from spending money on themselves rather than on others. And in fact, we find that around the world, even in poor countries, people get more happiness when they use their money to benefit other people. Interesting. This is all great advice. Why do you think we all have such a problem putting these principles into action, though? Well, I think there are so many challenges on a day-to-day basis of like resisting the lure of products that don't allow us to put these principles into action. So, for example, when we're faced with a material thing, we notice all of the lovely features that it has. For example, if you're looking at the latest iPhone, it's like, oh, it can do all of these things that my earlier iPhone couldn't do. And so it seems really appealing in the moment. These very concrete features of products can sort of lure us in, even if we realize that it would be better to stick with our old phone and invest that money in a family vacation. Any final words of advice for people who are considering, should we go out and splurge and buy a car or continue to save our money? Just any general uh, pieces of advice for people today. Well, my, I guess, biggest piece of advice for people considering a splurge is first off that savings are actually a really good source of happiness. So we talk a lot about how to spend money, but saving money is also important for happiness. But the biggest factor in money and happiness is actually debt. So if you are in debt and if that is worrying you, then the single best thing you could probably do with your money is to pay off that debt. And any advice for couples? Because a lot of times couples have two entirely different philosophies on spending. 
Money can really be a source of significant distress within marriages. In fact, debt is particularly problematic in the context of marriage. I know my husband and I certainly have different approaches to spending. I tend to be more willing to fork over money for some kind of nice experience than my husband is. So, you know, I think actually that can be a strength because he sort of reins me in and I help to let him kind of indulge once in a while and make it a treat. Just to kind of wrap things up, if you were going to choose one thing that the average person could benefit by going out and spending money on out of your list of principles, can you put your finger on one thing? Well, I think the idea of our principles is that they're meant to be fairly broad because everybody has sort of their own idiosyncratic preferences. But if I had to kind of focus people on one idea, I think it would be consider whether a purchase will affect the way you spend your time because time is really the ultimate currency. And so whether you're sort of a busy parent considering whether to, you know, invest in a babysitter for a night off versus buying a high chair, or maybe you're a retired couple trying to decide whether to, you know, downsize to a smaller home so that you can afford to spend half the year in a beautiful part of the world. I think the same idea can be applied, which is ask yourself, Will this purchase impact the way I spend my time? Fascinating topic. Dr. Elizabeth Dunn, behavioral scientist and co-author of a book called Happy Money, The Science of Smarter Spending. Thank you for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you so much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, why have suicide rates among middle-aged whites increased so significantly? The startling story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.